welcome to the Career Mentor Podcast, a program of hunger for success, a nonprofit organization devoted to helping people find and keep family wage jobs. Your host, Brad Lebowski, President and Chair of Hunger for Success. Welcome back to the Career Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Lebowski, President and Chair of Hunger for Success. And today we welcome uh, Christine Noel to the show. Um, she has a book coming out, Your Career Survival Guide. It's available August 11th, and we'll give you details on how to do that. Uh, Christy has a very impressive uh, background, um, not just in uh, giving professional career advice, but she's also a seven-time Ironman triathlon finisher, which to me is an amazing accomplishment. Um, I could spend the whole podcast trying to figure that out, uh, your dedication for that. But we have two, uh, Christy's going to talk to us about two very important topics that I'm excited about to hear her expert advice. One is uh, your cover letter and how important that is and how that can make a difference in you getting that first interview. And the second thing is really talk about those jobs that aren't posted, those opportunities out there, and there are many out there that aren't posted and how to find them. So Christy, thank you so much for spending time with us. Welcome to the Career Mentor Podcast. Um, really appreciate your time today. Well, thank you, Brad. I appreciate uh, you having me here. I'm really excited to talk about those topics. I get pretty excited to uh, educate people on how to use those tools that they might not be aware of, how important those strategies and tactics can be to their job search. Appreciate it. So talk to us a little bit about the cover letter, something we forget to do, something we don't take very seriously. We work really hard on the resume, but some of us don't think our, uh, those hiring managers even look at the cover letter, although some require them. Um, we should do it all the time. Tell us a little bit about your experience and what you would advise us to do. Absolutely. And, and Brad, you nailed every point that is part of what I talk about in that a lot of people don't think anybody reads them, so why bother? They are more time and effort, so should I do that? Is that what I want to spend my time on? Are they required or not? I mean, all those things make, for a lot of people, looking at the cover letter as optional, and I'm a big believer that it's required. I think more people read them than not, but what they can do for you is so important that you don't want to not have it because you might miss out on that opportunity. So let me give you an example. I, I was hiring not too long ago and the position was in Los Angeles. I had a very clear job description uh, for the position and I was getting these resumes and some of it didn't make sense. I was getting them from people outside of Los Angeles, all across the country. Their experience didn't seem to line up with the job description and some of them had been out of work, which was fine, but I didn't understand the connection. And so, and there was nothing in the resume to connect the dots of why they felt like they were a fit to, to the role that I was hiring for. So what do I do as a hiring manager? If I can't figure it out, I move your resume to the past pile <laughs> because I don't have time to sit there and figure out, well, maybe he wants to move to Los Angeles. Maybe he's thinking it can telecommute. Maybe what, he was doing at this role really is exactly what I'm looking for, but I can't tell. And so you don't want to make it easy for them to pass on your resume because they can't figure it out. You need to connect those dots for them. And one of the best ways and easiest ways to do that is the cover letter. 
And that's the place that, because your resume is going to have all your experience. It's going to have the dates where you worked. It's going to have your success metrics. And that's really important that your resume just isn't about, here's my job description, but you have your success metrics or your achievements. Uh, usually those are numeric. So it's, I increased production by X percentage. I increased lead generation by X percentage. I saved this amount of money. I saved time. I made new processes that ultimately saved the company, those kinds of things. And you're going to have some of that in the cover letter too, but that's the resume is kind of your summary of your work experience. The cover letter lets you show your personality. It lets you show why things that maybe are in the resume that don't seem to be exactly what they're looking for make perfect sense to you and why you are the best candidate. I think that's excellent. And one of the things we encourage our participants to do, how do you separate yourself from the herd? How do you make that personal connection as it relates to job fit? Not just, yes, I have the experience. Thousands of people have the experience. How can you differentiate yourself from everyone else? So when you're coaching someone on really building that cover letter, what are some of the ingredients that you encourage people to, to use or to apply that really differentiates themselves and makes it more personal if that's something you agree with? Absolutely. And I ac actually advise that you don't have one cover letter that you use in every situation. You can have your cover letter template, I call it, you know, your starting point, but then you're going to want to customize it to the position that you are applying. And yes, that takes a little bit more work, but trust me, you're better off spending time putting together, customizing your resume and your cover letter for the jobs that you are actually qualified for than just being on LinkedIn or Indeed or something and hitting apply, apply, apply with one resume and no cover letter. So this is time worth, time well spent. Uh, so I like to say, don't open your cover letter with, hi, my name is Christy and I'm applying for the marketing coordinator position. They're pretty already aware of that. <laughs> right. Uh, probably your subject line says, I'm applying for the you know, application for the marketing coordinator position or something like that. So the opening really should grab them. You have, you know, whether it's in person or your cover letter resume, you only have a few seconds for a first impression, right? That doesn't change. So that's a great way to, uh, really grab their attention. I am a you know, data-driven marketing expert who has saved company money over the last six years, and I'm excited to you know, tell you why I'm great for your new position. Or I'm a seven-time Ironman, and I can put that same drive and dedication you know, into the, my positions, and this is why I'm successful. Right. That's amazing. So that's the, the first step is kind of get the hook, grab them in. Then you're going to put in the cover letter, your responsibilities, your experiences, your successes that match some of the key requirements that are in the job description. So read the job description. What is it that they're actually, you know, what seems to be the most prominent skills, experience, background, education, and then pull that into your cover letter as well and talk about that. You know, not droning on and on and on, but just make sure you use those keywords, those phrases that are in the job description, so that if it's reviewed by a computer before it's reviewed by a human, that the computer will pick up on that and, and move you into the, the right pile. And then when a, a human reviews it, they want to see those as well. Then I like to- I want to highlight that one. Before you go, I want to highlight that one thing, because what you said there is incredibly important. A generic cover letter that doesn't include the language in the job description 
is a disconnect. And that disconnect can eliminate them as a candidate. So what I tell people all the time, when you're not working, your full-time job is looking for work. So take the time to pull out keywords from the job description. One, so they know that you read it. Two, they know you're a fit. And three, you actually care about this particular work. So I just, I sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to highlight that one thing because that's really critical and important to include that language. So thank you for that. Sure. And I'm, I'm glad you interrupted me because that is an important part. And the, the, quite frankly, so many jobs are now being screened by computers. You might not even make it past the screen to have it read if you don't do that. So it's, it's critical. It's not just a recommendation. It, it really is a critical part of your job search. Thank you. Go ahead. And then, uh, you know, as I said, it's a good time to show your personality too. So cu cultural fit is super important for companies. It's not all about your background. So if you want to put in some information about, and that doesn't mean you put in all your hobbies and uh, I'm a dog lover, but I usually doesn't come up in my cover letter, but I can talk about that. I, you know, work well with internal teams and external teams and I have strong communication skills so everybody's on the same page and knows what direction we're going those kinds of so soft skills uh, personality and soft skills are important in the cover letter as well and then as I mentioned that those impact metrics and those successes that you have in your resume also appropriate in your cover letter and I like to do those in bullet points so that if somebody's glancing at it, those bullet points stand out as far as, you know, increased website traffic or decreased time spent on processing accounts receivables or something along those lines. And, you know, again, not a novel, but a couple of key points that align to the job description. And those results you want to be quantified, not just Soft, I like everyone, I'm a good people person, but you're recommending to include some quantifiable saved money, percent increase, percent decrease, which I think adds to authenticity of what you can accomplish, right? A lot of employers care a little bit about what you do, care more about how well you did it. Um, so having those accomplishments or results, I think is, is an excellent um, approach and, and should be included for sure. And you, and you nailed it, Brad, because as a hiring manager or recruiter reading that, I'm going to look at it to say, can you deliver results for me? Can you, can you make my life easier? Can you come into this job, pick it up and deliver results? And if you've got those impact metrics or success metrics or achievements, results, however you want to call them on your resume, all of a sudden I say, oh, you've done it before. And if you've done it before, you're probably going to do it again. And so in my head, you can become much more marketable and much more interesting and a, a safer bet because, oh my gosh, this person's already proven they can deliver results versus somebody who doesn't have that and might have a long description of all the responsibilities they have. Well, that's great. You did all those things, but how did you do them? Did you do them well? Did you not? <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, I can't, I don't know. So again, I'm going to go and go, okay, I, I, I want to make my life easier by having a good hire that can come in, pick it up, and take all of this stuff that's on my plate and get it done. And I'm probably understaffed or somebody's left and I have an open position or I am needing this position because I'm overwhelmed. So I need somebody to come in and hit the ground running. And those kinds of, by, by highlighting that, you're just 
showing that you can hit the ground running. Excellent. And it doesn't have to be, and if you're either uh, new into the job market or you're changing industries, it doesn't have to be, it's ideal if it's specific to the job description, but any type of success or results you can point to. If you were an intern and you had results that you can point to, if it was in another industry, that's okay. You can still state what you've done. Or if you were in hospitality and you worked in customer service or something that where you turned your tables over faster as a waitress and you know that shows how productive and efficient you are and you can apply that to a, a new type of line of work or something. So having them, even if they're not specific to the industry or the position is better than not having them just because you're nervous that, that nobody's gonna think that's important. Any type of success. And I'm glad you said, you know, I'm glad you said that because in the pandemic that we're in, there's a lot of industries that no longer exist or that are shrinking. So somebody may be discouraged that, well, I've spent all my life in hospitality. Now that's over. I can't do anything. Well, if you use those same accomplishments, and again, not just I work really hard, I show up on time, but these are some specific results and accomplishments that I have. I think an employer hiring manager may be considerate of that. Say, look, I get it. This economy, this shutdown, it's not your fault per se. How can I use those skills towards what I'm doing and, and the business that I have? So I think that's very valuable advice. And I will tell you as a hiring manager, I would much rather have somebody that has the skills and the background and the drive that I'm looking for than knows my industry. I can teach my industry to somebody new. I can't teach all of the skills that I need. That's a much longer training process. So don't be afraid to take what you learned in an industry or what you know in an industry that is either non-existent or uh, you know, decreasing the jobs and apply it to somewhere else because you're not automatically, you know, not going to be looked at if you have what they're, they're looking for, even if it's an industry. And I kind of didn't say that. That's Excellent. very articulate, but <laughs> hopefully it came across. The, the challenge right now in this economy, though, is if you don't have anything that's on the job description, it's going to be really hard to get noticed. So because um, there's so many people applying for the role. Sure. So that's why sure. I say it's much better to spend your time, be really mindful and specific and go all in on the, the jobs that you, th you, you know, have an alignment with. And while it might be super fun to be a sports producer for the local cable network or something like that, if you don't have anything that's related to that, then you're not gonna get anywhere in this, in this market. So really be, um, Spend your time wisely, I guess. And as you said, it is a full-time look, job looking for uh, jobs. And so you want to be efficient and effective in your, in your time. I think that's excellent advice. I have a question for you. I know for myself, I'm, I'm a terrible self-editor. Do you recommend people that are developing the cover letter to give it to a family member or a mentor or somebody, maybe a, a former a boss, to proofread it and see how they perceive the message. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm a good editor and I still do that because after so much time spending on something, I don't see it anymore. It's just too easy to, to miss. And when 
you're submitting your cover letter and your resume, you're usually, it's usually going to be a competitive and a simple typo or grammatical error could be enough to get you, you know, kicked out just because they've got to make decisions on who do I move to the next phase. And that could just say maybe they don't think you have attention to detail because something like that went through. So what I do is whatever format that I'm writing in, whether it's Word or a Google Doc, then when I'm done, I copy and paste it into the other one. So some, it'll catch sometimes the things that one spell check or grammar check missed. So that's my own way of <laughs> um, double editing and checking myself. And then give it to a friend, a family member, somebody trusted. And you, you, you can ask for two kinds of input. You could ask for editorial input. You know, does this make sense? Does it read well? But also, are there any typos, any grammar errors? You know, anything along those lines. So important for both your resume and your cutter letter. The other tip I have is I always print it out before I email it and read it that way. Because for some reason, I miss a lot of things on screen that once I've printed it out and I'm looking at it on paper, jump out at me. Like, oh, how did I? <laughs> That's <laughs> great I advice. Yeah, I do the same thing. Some reason holding it and looking at it is a completely different perspective than on the screen. I do the same thing. It's excellent advice. Uh, so I think uh, what you pointed out in the cover letter is excellent. I thought it was very, very helpful. I think it will benefit a lot of people listening. So I really appreciate that. Um, if it's okay with you, I'd like to segue into these jobs that aren't posted and your advice and experience and how to look for work, not on Indeed or these big, you know, job boards, but locally in your community. Or if you wanted to relocate, how would you identify those opportunities? Yeah, it's an important topic, Brad, because when you're using solely job boards, and I don't, I don't advise that you don't look at job boards. I just advise that that not be your only means for applying for jobs because, again, it's everybody else is doing that. So for every job that's posted, there's probably you know, hundreds of applications. And it's just the competition is going to be that much harder, of course, to, to get noticed, to stand out, to get the interview. But it's a good indication of what companies are hiring. It's a good indication of what positions are open. Um, so you can also look at that and say, okay, well, it looks like finance, insurance, those kinds of companies are hiring right now, which they are, I heard on the news this morning. So you can then maybe look at, do some Google research and see what companies are in that space that are in your area. You can use LinkedIn to see other companies, maybe there are smaller companies that you wouldn't have a name recognition, but are doing the same thing. LinkedIn is a great opportunity to network and find out, uh, to connect with people who know people in those businesses. And so I recommend using LinkedIn in two ways. One is I never want anyone listening to only submit their resume via a job board. So even if you see it on Indeed or you see it on Glassdoor or something or LinkedIn, I don't want you to use that as the only way to submit it. I want you to find somebody who can help get your resume in through a human being. And that doesn't have to mean you know the hiring manager or your best friend knows the hiring manager. But even if I know Brad and Brad knows Bill and Bill knows somebody in the company, 
I'm going to take it. <laughs> right. Brad, if Brad to send it to Bill and say, Bill, can you get this to somebody in the company? So even if it's that, you know, it's that six degrees of separation, even if you're, you know, six, five, four away, that's better than just going into what I call the black hole of resumes, because you never know what's going to happen in that black hole. You don't exactly. even know if you're going to, you know, best case, you're going to have be a computer screen and that's going to be it. So, but at least if Brad sends it to Bill and Bill sends it to Betty, who's, you know, in the company and, and she forwards it to somebody, all of a sudden it's in their inbox and not just in their jobs portal or their job, you know, email. And you may have written a little note like, hey, Christy's great. You should check this out, which then you, for, you know, Bill forwards on to Betty and then somebody sees it. So it's just, you need to find that connection. The closer the connection, the better, obviously. But don't shy away just because, well, I don't know, you know, I don't have a direct connection to the hiring manager or the department chair or anything along those lines. I take whatever I can get because it's going to, again, make you stand out and you're more likely to get noticed and get attention on that. I think that's good advice. I used to, before the pandemic, I used to advise the people that I work with stop by, say hello. Maybe they didn't have time to post it on the company's website. Maybe they don't use job boards. With the pandemic, no one's walking in or they may not be there. What advice do you have to find out? Because a lot of companies, I shouldn't say a lot, there's a certain amount of companies that just don't have the time or the bandwidth to post a position they depend on their employees for referrals or they depend on their company website because they don't have to pay a fee. How, what is your advice on how to, you know, source some of these opportunities that we know are out there? Well, one of the things that I like to do is again, using the connections that you do have that are, are close connections is to, to send a note and say, I am in the market. I'm looking for a marketing coordinator position. Will you be a reference for me when I get to that point? And I like that strategy because you're not saying, do you know anybody who's hiring? Uh, or, you let, or even worse, let me know if you know of any open positions. Well, right. am I supposed to go look for you? Am I supposed to keep that in the back of my mind? Um, that's very passive. So if I say, Brad, will you be a reference for me when that time comes? One, you're now thinking, oh, she thinks so highly of me. She wants me to be a, re a reference, that's great. I can help. I now have a way to help her. It's very defined. I'm going to be a reference if I say yes. And now I'm more likely to, to say when I see a job or, oh, you know what, by the way, Brad, I just heard about this, this job. Or you know what, you should call, you know, Lorna because she might be hiring. It just involves you in the process more, you as the, my connection and, and helps you. I mean, people want to help. This is my, my belief. People want to help other people. A lot of times they just don't know what to do. So if you give them very specific instructions of what you need from them, I need you to be a reference. I need you to please send my resume to your friend or your acquaintance over there at that company, please. You know, and, and then it's like, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. That's pretty easy. Um, not being, you know, can you just keep an eye out for me? I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> no, that's excellent advice. Using them as a reference, 
that is absolutely an excellent advice and you can never have enough references. So I really like that approach. And, and, you, and a lot of times people don't actually need references or they don't use them, but, but that's the way to say, I need you to help me find these job opportunities without saying, I need you to find these job opportunities. So it, it involves them in the process. And then if they say yes, then continue to keep, don't just sit there and have their name in your inbox for, you know, and wait to call them up however many months later, keep them involved if you can. As I said, you know, use them to send your, your resume in or, hey, I just heard about this job opening. Do you know anybody there? Hey, I heard this company is hiring. Maybe, you know, you might have a, a connection that would know somebody there. Those, you know, you don't want to bombard them, but, you know, it's, if, if they've agreed to be a reference, then they're on your side and they're going to be helping you. So don't be afraid to continue to have that open dialogue. And then, then it feels a lot better too than going back to them a year later, go, hey, remember when you said you're going to be a reference? I, you know, I need you now. Like, maybe, I, maybe I remember, <laughs> maybe I don't. So, uh, okay. and then one other tip I have is not related as much to the topic of finding those little gems of where can you get a, the, the job openings is to if you see one that is posted or you've heard it's opening is to either email or call the hiring manager and say, Hey, I just uh, saw that you had been hiring for this position. Is the position still open? Before I send my information, I'd like to confirm that the position is still open. And I like that because you're going to rise to the top of the, that's an easy email for them to, to write back. Yes, it's still sure. open. And now I'm going to recognize your name. You can use that to send your resume in that same email chain. So you now have an open dialogue and you're more likely to be remembered and noticed than just hoping it's still open and sending it in, you know, again, through the job portal. So if you don't have any other way to get your job, your resume in through another connection, you know, just sending out an email, if you can get to the, the hiring manager and ask if the position open is a great way to start that, that dialogue with them. I think that's excellent. The other thing I've recommended to a few people, it doesn't work all the time, but if you're a customer of a company that you like, even your utility company, somewhere you shop, um, you can ask them, are you guys hiring right now? Um, I love this company. I love, you know, the, your customer service or I'm a customer and I would have, would a better advocate, uh, for customer service and somebody who actually uses their service or buys their products, much higher customer service on that level. So a lot of times we're unaware of our individual network and how powerful that can be. Um, so I think that's something that I recommend a little bit. You talked about, you know, really working with your references, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Even letting them know, hey, I've got an interview tomorrow, you know, wish me luck you know, to keep them connected, I think is excellent. I, um, I agree. And, and, and I would say one of my, my tips in the book is talk to everybody. You never know who is going to have a connection. So it's, it's hard to say that you're looking for work. I know that I've been there. So it's hard to admit that and have that as a conversation sometimes, but you never know who knows anybody. So if you're on the phone with a customer service rep or you are in uh, six feet apart in line uh, trying to get into, you know, the store or something like that. And you strike up a conversation. Hey, 
Uh, you don't have to say the first thing, I'm looking for work, do you know anybody? But you can bring up, oh, you know, I'm unemployed, I'm looking for, I'm, you know, doing this and that. And somebody's like, oh, you know what? My father-in-law is in that industry. My father-in-law is looking for somebody, you know? You just never know who will lead you to the next step. And maybe it's there, you know, that might be, they know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. But it's so many, so many jobs, as you said, are not posted. And it's because it's word of mouth or uh, they need somebody quick. And if you get a job that's not posted, the competition is so much smaller. You know, there might be three resumes they're looking at instead of 200. So it's a lot easier to get noticed. It's a lot easier to get that interview. So whatever you can, creative ways you can um, uncover those little gems, it's, it's definitely gonna pay off. I think that's excellent advice. Um, I wanna ask you a question uh, before our time runs out. You've had a very impressive career professionally and personally, a lot of accomplishments. Um, while there may not be just one thing you'd want to share, or there may be several things, but if you can pick maybe a, a top thing or two that has led you to where you are today that you could encourage or advise people listening um, that their career can be as successful as yours, what advice or what would you tell them um, got you to this point and to encourage them to do the same? Oh, that's a, that's a heavy question. I like it though. Uh, I'd say that part of my success is because I get things done and I'm known for getting things done. And I think that's important. I, there, you can think things through, you can have great strategy, you can be super creative, but if you don't follow through and, uh, make things happen, then you can only get so far. So I, you know, I don't always make the right decisions, but I'm not shy to make a decision and, and act on it. If I put together a plan, I make sure it's executed. I, you know, so that's what differentiates, I think, the people who um, get to the top faster is that they're, they're just getting things accomplished and making things happen and you need to be you know true to your word uh you know if you commit to something follow through if you for some reason you can't then communicate it i think that's important it is extremely important for whatever you do is to be communicative with your team members your boss you know uh, if i'm going to be late on something i don't just be quiet i'm just like hey i know that i said i was going to be done on this time something's happened but here's the new time frame then people aren't left wondering, like, is she doing it? Is she not? Is it coming? What happened? You know, um, so those are some of the, the key. And then I think also is a big thing is if you're not getting the feedback or the direction that you want, then ask. You don't have to wait for your boss to, to spell everything out for you perfectly. Uh, if you need more direction, feedback, instruction, um, assistance, then you need to, to ask so that you can be successful. Don't wait for somebody, if, if you're missing something to, to, be, to accomplish whatever project you're on or what you're working on, then, then stand up for yourself. And it doesn't have to be confrontational, but just say, hey, I'm, I'm a little unclear, can I have some time so that I can make sure that I'm delivering exactly what you want and I get it right. I think that's excellent. You're self-motivated, you're action-orientated, you wanna have results and that's really important. And I think the fact that you talked about communication, 
asking for you want, getting the feedback what you need. Look, we all know looking for a job is tough. Um, with the pandemic, it makes it seem some days impossible with 55 million people alongside of you looking for that work. But you have to believe in yourself. You have to have a voice and you have to accomplish something. Uh, even if you get halfway through a cover letter, that's an accomplishment. Check it off your list. You're going to work on it again tomorrow. I think that's very valuable um, information. Christy, just appreciate you giving us time and having you on our uh, podcast today. Your career survivor guide, survival guide, um, is a must. Um, I think people should look into it and pick it up. Uh, Christy, is it, where, where, where is it available? Where will it be available to get? Sure. And it's going to be available on August 11th at all your favorite book places. And it was written, Brad, specifically for finding and keeping a job in this global pandemic that we're in. So it's, it's a short guide. It's got step-by-steps and, and we cover a lot of what we talked about, um, finding jobs, networking, getting your cover letter and your resume ready. And then uh, if you have a job, how to you know, increase your value so that you keep it and, and how do you work virtually and communicate virtually and things like that. So I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to, to let everybody know about it. I think it's a really important tool. I'm really proud of it. Um, it was not part of my plan of, of releasing that book this year, but in light of everything that was going on, I felt the need that you know, people needed some extra help and support specifically for, for where we're at. So um, yes, it's your career survival guide and it's on Amazon. It'll be uh, discounted for the month of August. Um, it's actually, you can, you can get it now. It, it's be available to read on August 11th. And then, um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. And then I have a cover, a free cover letter guide for your listeners. If they go to christynoel.com slash cover letter, they can download my free ebook on how to write a cover letter, why it's so important. And then I give you some templates so that hopefully make it a little easier to get started on a cover letter if somebody hasn't written one before. Well, that's excellent. We really appreciate that. And we'll certainly get the word out. Um, I've talked to a lot of people. i met with a lot of professionals. Um, your commitment to professional and personal excellence is um, excellent. I admire you for all that you've accomplished. Um, appreciate your time with us today. Um, and definitely get the book, Your Career Survival Guide. You can order it now. You can read it on August 11th. Highly recommend it. Thank you, Christy, for your time. Uh, again, uh, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us on our website. It's help, uh, the letter H, the number four, the letter S.org. Uh, I'm your host, Brad Lebowski of the Career Mentor Podcast, President and Chair of Hunger for Success. We thank you for listening today and hope to hear from you soon. Thank you. This has been the Career Mentor Podcast, intellectual property of hunger for success. All rights reserved, 2020.